BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hey, it's Wilfred O. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter and the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What? Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Well, a Nobel Peace Prize? Did not see that coming. Al Sharpton on our side? I mean, you know what? Maybe let's just start there. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. Donald Trump has now been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. I have got to be honest, I didn't see that coming. Oh, don't get me wrong. He deserves some kind of peace prize. You know what? Let's just focus on that for a moment. That's the best foreign policy president of my life. And I know you're probably throwing stuff at the TV because you have some president you loved. He's no Eisenhower or whatever you're yelling right now. Fine. I'm only 39 years old. I have not had an American president so interested in removing American troops from harm's way. I haven't had an American president who's pulling us out of the world's dumps while at the same time bringing people who should hate each other to the, to the negotiating table and creating alliances. This isn't just campaign propaganda either. Israel and the UAE, they're doing this thing 
they're joining. And I mean joining, they're blasting out pictures all over the internet of them practically holding hands, direct flights back and forth. This is the Jewish nation of Israel joining together with a Muslim nation. That is gigantic. On a global scale, that is gigantically important. That is a big deal. And I understand you don't care that much about foreign policy. It's not, it's not number one on mine either. Most Americans don't care about foreign policy, and that doesn't make us abnormal. People care about their own. But just get this. We all have seen enough carnage in the Middle East, right? And we all know how much of that carnage stems from hatred of Israel. It bothers a lot of Muslim nations. There's been so much tension there between Muslims and Jews. We have a major, major Muslim country joining together, not just joining with Israel, doing so publicly, making a public declaration. We're working together. We're friends. Shoot, we're flying back and forth. It's party time, baby. That's amazing. That's a signal to others in the world that it's okay, too. Things like this, they change history. It actually can change history, and it will save more lives than you or I will ever, ever know. We'll never know how many lives are saved by this beginning. And what's amazing about it? Donald Trump did it. Israel and UAE, they aren't even hiding this fact. Donald Trump did this. They're signing their historic deal at the White House. That is not only doing it, that's telling the world, Donald Trump arranged this whole thing. What? And with all due respect, everybody knows I was a huge Ted Cruz fan during the primary. I'm still a huge Ted Cruz fan, but I was a Cruz voter. I hated Donald Trump's guts during the primary. I turned around and voted for him in the general because Hillary Clinton's the Antichrist, but I didn't think he would be any good. I, I didn't. A full disclosure, and I don't even hate Donald Trump. I used to watch The Apprentice all the time, but I thought, oh gosh, this will be a disaster. Plus, Hillary's going to kill him anyway. <laughs> Let's just vote for him, though. Got to keep her out of the White House. And, okay, he gets elected. I assumed... Business-wise, he'd be pretty good. He is a businessman. He's going to know how to cut regulations and such, and he did, and he has it. All that's fine. But where did Donald Trump learn to be Bismarck when it comes to foreign policy? When did that happen? How did that happen? I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it did pay to have a man who spent his entire life traveling internationally, nationally and internationally, sitting down in boardrooms with other powerful men and bringing people together because he sure seems to do it a lot. Do you know how hard it probably was for the people at Nobel to nominate Donald Trump? It had to be, ooh, ooh. Do you have recipients of the uh, Peace Prize and the recipients of other uh, Nobel uh, prizes that has gone to people uh, with a, a personal record that nobody really knows, but they're getting it for achievements of what this prize is all about? It's either peace or it's physics or it's mathematics or uh, literature. You don't ask for the personality of the people. You just ask the performance of the people. And Donald J. Trump has performed very well internationally. What he does in, in turn and domestically is uh, it's not a, it's not of the, the price of peace price matter. And I understand that many people disliked uh, President Trump, but I guess uh, many people disliked Arafat when he got the peace price also. So that doesn't matter. It's actually what you achieve in international diplomatics. And and Donald Trump has proven that he is worthy the Nobel Peace Prize. He has. Uh, in all seriousness, if you're a Republican who hates him. Or maybe you're a Democrat. I know we have a bunch of Democrats that watch this show. And I'm assuming if you're a Democrat, you hate his guts. And you know what? That's fine. It's, that's politics. I'm not getting into that. There's no way, no matter who you are, to look at what Trump has done with Israel and the UAE and come to any other conclusion than it's really great. It's really, really great. Good for him. Hope he gets it. On a quick side note, completely unrelated, I do think it's hilarious that they did give a Nobel Peace Prize to Adolf Hitler in 1939, and yet all these years later, Nobel is still thought highly of around the world.
Talk about making maybe the worst blunder ever and everyone just kind of forgetting about it. Ah, look, we all make mistakes. All right, that's that. You are good at certain things. You're bad at other things. That's fine. That's how God made you. Everybody can't be good at everything like me. I'm quit, quit, I'm kidding. But you know what I mean. People are built differently. Your accountant is probably built different than your lawyer. You're probably built different than your spouse. If you have multiple kids, you'll see how different they are. Donald Trump is back out on the campaign trail. He's back out in rally mode now, packing stadiums. And Donald Trump is in his element now. Donald Trump, the, th the, the times I've thought the lowest of him have been over the past four or five months between the coronavirus response, supporting the lockdowns, between the George Floyd thing, having Van Jones to the White House. And what's, what's all that? What's, what Donald Trump have we seen over the past four or five months? The Donald Trump stuck in the White House. Can't travel much. Can't get out there with big crowds and hear the cheers. And look, it's what he does well, clearly. I've personally been to one of these Trump rallies when he came down to Houston, where I live. I've never seen anything like it. Dude is 73 years old, I think. 73, 74, I don't do research for the show. Have you ever given a speech publicly? Or even just a speech at work? I've given tons of speeches. 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, it's fine. But you get off the stage and you're exhausted. You gotta be on. When I went to that speech of Trump, he was speaking for an hour and a half. I left because I had to get home and he wasn't stopping and he didn't look uncomfortable. Dude gets into rally mode and it energizes him. It's what he's good at. I don't think hiding in the White House is good Donald Trump. I think it's bad for his personality, whatever that says. You get that guy out in the crowd, he's rocking and rolling again. Biden's plan is to appease the domestic terrorists, and my plan is to arrest them and prosecute them. You can feel it. You can see it. He kept going here. Joe Biden devoted his career to offshoring your jobs, throwing open your borders, dragging us into endless foreign wars, along with some of his other friends and surrendering our children's future to countries like China. Remember this, very simple to remember, if Biden wins, China wins. It's as simple as that. Does that seem like a man who's uncomfortable or does that seem like a man who's finally back in his element? I'm not telling you to love that about him. I'm not telling you to hate that about him. Donald Trump must be out and about he is clearly one of those people. I'm different. I want to go lock myself in a room in private forever. Turn the lights out. I'll be fine. Donald Trump lives for that stuff. Here's one more. If our foreign adversaries were devising a scheme to cripple America, they could hardly do better than the Biden Kamala Harris. Kamala. Remember Kamala? She started at 15. She was supposed to win. Problem was, she went from 15 to 14, to 12, to 10, to 7, to 4. It's like a free fall. You know why people don't like her? Nobody likes her. She could never be the first woman president. She could never be. That would be an insult to our country. <laughs> they hate him. This is why fellow politicians hate his guts, because he says things that nobody else says. We're supposed to ignore that Kamala Harris sucked. Sucked bad. She started out, remember the media was all over her? And then she just completely nosedived. And most of the time in political circles, even with your opponent, you ignore things like that. Well, I'm not going to say anything. He's not going to say anything. Trump doesn't do that. But back to Trump. What does this mean for Joe Biden? Think about this. We still have a long time until the election. Yep. Month and a half. A little more than. What's Joe Biden supposed to do to compete with that, to compete with that energy level, to compete with that excitement? And excitement does matter. It really does matter. 
Having people excited about voting for you wins you national elections. And Joe Biden has limitations. And boy, is that putting it kindly. So Joe Biden is going to leave the basement for five minutes at a time, where he'll then need to go back into the basement and rest for a few days before he can attempt to do that again. And when he does leave, he's speaking to crowds of 10. In the meantime, Donald Trump is going to bounce around the United States of America for over a month and a half and speak to packed stadiums. I don't want to say anything as far as predictions go, because you know I think this election is going to be very, very, very hard to predict. But I will tell you this. That sounds like a mountain to climb for Joe Biden. And you know what else it says to me? I think it says we're really going to get some definitive answers where we are as a country in November. We're going to get a real stress test. If Joe Biden can overcome all his deficiencies and the radicalism of the Democratic Party and the street violence and everything else, if all that can be overcome, and Joe Biden wins, I realize that's a pretty dark sign for us, but at least it lets you know where we are, right? Okay, we're kind of screwed. We've we've lost our way. Probably going to be some dark days, but at least we'll know. See, take comfort in that. Isn't that a sunny thought? All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, you know what else should make you uncomfortable? The number 75 75%. That's how much cybercrime has gone up during the coronavirus stuff. People are home more. They're home more. They're doing what? They're online more. When people are home more and online more, they're putting up more of their personal information. And you're not the only one home more. Cyber thieves are home more. And they're hunting for your home title. Your home title's not a piece of paper anymore. It's digital. It exists online. It is nothing. I can't stress this enough because they did it to me. Nothing for them to grab your home title and forge your signature on it. It's easy. It's like you or I going down to the ATM. When they do that, they're going to take out a loan against it. A loan you have to pay back unless you have home title lock. Go to hometitlelock.com right now and register your address just to see if you're already a victim. While you're there, sign up and get protected. Use the code JESSE. Get yourself 30 free days. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. I agree with Al Sharpton. I know. I know. Don't, don't, look, I don't blame you if you just rip the TV right off the wall right now and dog cuss me on the way out while you do it. I never thought I'd say those words. But I agree with Al Sharpton. And look, Al Sharpton hates my guts. He's done whole TV segments just blasting me before. But boy, did that make my dad mad. But that's another story. Al Sharpton, how bad do the poll numbers have to look for Democrats for Al Sharpton to come on the television and say this? We need to reimagining how we do policing. But when you are talking about the fact that, A, we are in the areas where that is inundated with guns, that has this uh, serious problems of our uh, people being given guns that can't even get a summer program. To take all policing off is something that I think uh, a latte liberal may go for as they sit around the Hamptons discussing this as some academic problem. But people living on the ground need proper policing. I'm sorry, was that... Was that photoshopped or something? How sharp did... Okay, for one, I understand what's happening here. I'm not stupid. If Al Sharpton really believed that, which who knows what Al Sharpton really believes, but if he really believed that, he would have been out there as a leader saying that when they started burning down American cities. So it's easy to say that now. Now we're, what, two, three months into this protest riot thing? And everybody's tired of it. And Democrat poll numbers are going like this. So you have guys like Al Sharpton saying, whoa, defund the police. Again, as I've always said and always will say, where were you when it was tough? Remember at the beginning of the coronavirus lockdowns? It was me and like one other person saying, don't lock down a thing ever. What? That was when it was tough. 
Remember me right after George Floyd was killed? We have, we need a federal law regulating police. And I was saying, wait, what? No, we don't. That's stupid. So again, I understand this is pure opportunism, but how bad do the poll numbers, the internal polls for Democrats have to be to have Al Sharpton going on the television saying, um, no. And he's right with everything he just said there. Of course, you've heard me say it a thousand times. Don't tell me this is some pro-black people movement. Uh, It's black people who are going to get destroyed by all this defund the police crap. Did you see what happened in Rochester? Look at this. Um, I do want to inform you that the entire Rochester Police Department command staff has announced their retirement. Um, That includes the police chief. uh, That includes Commander uh, Deputy Chief Morbido. I believe that um, also Chief uh, Deputy Chief Simmons, and there may be a number of others that um, will decide to leave as well and retire. That's not good. That's not good. And let me ask you something. If you're a if you're a civil rights guy, maybe you're a black supremacist like a lot of these people are these days. Whatever your case may be, if your cause is the safety and security of black people, which your cause should be safety and security of everyone, but if it's the, the black thing, that's fine. Whatever you do, you are black people safer today. Are black people safer today? Cops are the enemy. Cops suck. Cops this. Bad cops. Guy hate cops. Defund the police. Cops suck. Okay. The entire Rochester Police Command staff just resigned. Are black people safer today than they were yesterday? No, they're not. And you know they're not. We're destroying the law-abiding citizens who are forced to live in this community. There's nothing wrong with being poor. It's not a sin to be poor. You didn't, you don't have to screw something up to be poor. Lots of times you do. Sometimes you're just born into it. Maybe you don't have the skills, whatever the case may be. There are a lot of people who are just poor. They're stuck in these neighborhoods. 98% of the people in these neighborhoods, law-abiding people, just poor. And they're stuck with a bunch of criminals, a bunch of scumbags. And now, because this black supremacist movement went so anti-cop, now the people in these neighborhoods, they don't have anybody to call when that next violent scumbag comes kicking in their door. Go ahead and call. You see it. It's all over the country right now. 911 calls of violence not even being answered. Not an officer to send. Sorry, we're busy. Black people better off today than they were before this Black Lives Matter thing started a few months ago? I think you know. Rochester Police Chief Laurent Singletary had this to say. As a man of integrity, I will not sit idly by while outside entities attempt to destroy my character. The members of the Rochester Police Department and greater Rochester community know my reputation and know what I stand for. Yes, we do, Chief. Sorry. Nobody stood with you. Oh, oh. In case you think this is isolated, no. We have retirements going on in droves across the country. Officers who are qualified to retire. You know how it works. You've earned your retirement, but you love the job. Maybe you don't want to be stuck at home with the old ball and chain all day. Whatever the case may be, you're putting in another year or two, five. They're walking in in droves right now saying, ah, change my mind. I'm gone. Again, people safer because of that? You feel safer? I wasn't part of the cops are the bad guy movement. Were you? And if you were, no need beating yourself up about it now. Maybe take a minute next time. Maybe take a minute and think things through. One ugly internet video from Minneapolis does not mean we start setting national narratives and national policy about police being somehow the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Let's, Let's do better than that next time, huh? Dallas Police Chief said in this resignation letter, quote, We have accomplished so much by standing together in support of community polices policing and changes in the way our officers perform their duties in 2020. It has not been easy. 
These past three years have been saturated with a series on unimaginable events that individually and collectively never happened in the city of Dallas. I am proud that this department has not only coped with an unthinkable series of events, but we have also managed to implement critical reforms that were clearly needed for the Dallas Police Department to meet our 21st century policing goals. Well, look, there weren't enough good people stepping up when it was hard and saying maybe the problem in the urban black community is not the police department right? We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. We can have honest conversations with each other about problems, and it's okay to have problems. We'll talk about them. We'll work through them, but we're not going to scapegoat the cops. We're not going to scapegoat the cops. Well, maybe you will. I won't. Just a fact. Now, it's dangerous out there. And you know, fingers can get awfully sticky when they're around nice things. Or maybe you take vacations, right? Are you home all the time? Please tell me you've already gone to vaultprousa.com and gotten a safe. Look, this is a veteran-owned company. They sell lifetime warranties on these things. Why not? They're made in America, so of course they're made well. And it's not just gun safes either. We're talking storm shelters, walk-in vaults, vault doors with customization options. And I know what you're going to say, Jesse, it's not Labor Day anymore. Oh, you're right. It's not Labor Day anymore. But they still have huge Labor Day sales going on right now at vaultprousa.com. Now is the time. Don't wait. Don't wait until they're all gone and think, I'm going to see what safes they have. Do that right now. VaultProUSA.com. While you're there, save yourself even more money by using the promo code JESSE. J-E-S-S-E. There you go. You're welcome. We'll be back. You know, the kind of Republican we elect matters in this country. I know, you've seen it. How many times have I come on this show and savaged Republicans because they're a bunch of spineless losers sometimes? We win elections by electing the right kind of Republicans. I don't care about the R beside your name. If you're a jellyfish, what good does that do me? So I had a chance to sit down with Lauren Boebert. She's our next guest. She is a candidate in Colorado, a small business owner, not a politician, just... A family lady and a business owner who saw an opportunity to do what's right, and she's doing it. I respect her for it. Lauren, why leave a great life and run for office? D.C. sucks. Have you not been there yet? I have been there. And actually, I just felt like it was attainable. And I see all these guys in D.C. not getting the job done. So it's time for a woman to step up and show them exactly how this country is supposed to be ran. I am a mom. I have four boys. I'm a business owner. I understand what it's like to elect politicians who forget who they work for, go to D.C., overregulate, overtax, overspend, and ultimately destroy everything that we are building back at home. So I'm not a politician. I just got fed up, and that's why I'm stepping up to run. Lauren, I understand. I'm sure you keep a clean home and all that, but I need you to describe what your home smells like sometimes with four boys. I have two, and sometimes I'll walk in the front door and I just want to turn around and walk back out. My boys smell fine. It's the goats that kind of smell bad. (laughs) (laughs) We have 15 acres in western Colorado, and, uh, yeah, we, we have some animals running around. We even have a stray cat that showed up pregnant, and uh, she had some little babies that I couldn't let go of, so we just added more and more to the family. Uh, but, you know, my boys are fantastic. They are always working on small engines and baling hay and just putting their hand to something and uh, creating things at, at home. It's fantastic. They are truly being raised to be men, and we are raising them to love America. And as a mom, I feel like there's a mandate on my life to secure the nation I'm sending my boys out into. They're not going to be in my home forever. They're not going to be on the farm forever. Uh, but they will be sent out into this country. And I refuse to send them into a socialist nation. Lauren, how are you going to deal with it in Washington, D.C.? Because I see more talk today about we need more, we need more spending. We have to do more spending. And I hear this from both sides. Republicans are working with Democrats on spending more money we don't have. 
And I understand that can be a lot of pressure when you get back there, but somebody has to put a stop to this in our party. You know Democrats are never going to. Someone has to put a stop to this in our party or the dollar's going to collapse. That's right. And it has been Democrats and Republicans that have been out of control when it comes to spending. Uh, the, the government doesn't have a revenue problem. They have a spending problem. And the first and foremost thing we need to do is reopen America. We need to get America back open for business. We need to get our economy going again. We need to allow small businesses to reopen and quit having the heavy hand of government, keep them shut down. In my district, I have more than 80% federal lands that I'm looking to represent and manage well. I, uh, I believe that these federal lands should be open for multi-use. And we have some of the world's richest resources under our grounds that we can extract, we can mine, and uh, we can distribute that all across the world and have global impacts. This is um, absolutely huge for our economy, and we need to get our energy industry up and going in Colorado again. We have President Trump who has helped make America energy independent, and Colorado could take that one step further and provide energy dominance. Joe Biden, why do you think he's doing this? And this is what I mean by that. Democrat, Republican aside, he's 8,000 years old. He's clearly not his <clears throat> sharpest self, to put it kindly. Why run to be president of the United States? I've been trying to figure this out for a long time now. Why not just go play golf in Florida like everyone else? I think we should take Joe Biden at his word. Uh, first of all, he said he wants to fundamentally transform America. And the last person to say that was former President Barack Obama. And he had a great start. Uh, but also, Joe Biden has said that he is the transition candidate. Uh, he is not going to be the one running his administration. It will be Kamala Harris and everyone else uh, that is actually running that and transforming America. We have got to put an end to this lawlessness, the chaos and the destruction that we are seeing from these Democrat ruled cities. I believe that the center is waking up to what the left is doing and they are running to the right. Uh, they want law and order. They want uh, prosperity. They want freedom, less government control. Uh, Joe Biden is not the answer for that. Lauren, what do we do about government schools, about government involvement in schools? I, I, I have to tell you, as a parent, I don't want to drive by government schools. I see the generation or generations of people who hate this country, who've been educated to hate this country, and I think we need to completely burn down the public school system. Now, I'm sure that's not your stance, but that's my stance. What do we do, though? Well, you're exactly right. Uh, we have generations that have been educated to hate America, and it's a very sad thing. I am for school choice. Uh, I don't believe that there should be a federal department of education. And uh, the teachers' unions, I mean, this, it is incredible that we can't even fire bad teachers or hold them accountable. Uh, we need to have school choice. And I believe we'll see a lot of great things come from that when we actually have free markets and parents being able to choose where they put their students, uh, their children, to learn. And uh, we actually allow bad schools to fail. Uh, we're going to see a lot of changes with that. And uh, the federal government needs to get out of schools. If you look at Catholic schools, they always do better than public run schools do because there's actually a choice and they're held accountable. Do you serve cheese sticks in your bar and grill? And if so, can you get ranch with them on the side? Uh, I always serve boatloads of ranch. We make our ranch and it's amazing. I actually went to a restaurant once and I said, can I get some ranch dressing? They said, no, our, our owner hates ranch. And I said, well, gosh, I hate your oh. owner. Uh, <laughs> so we, we do not have cheese sticks at Shooter's Grill. And uh, we're also not a bar. We don't have alcohol. All of my waitresses open carry firearms. So we do not serve alcohol at Shooter's Grill in Rifle, Colorado, but you can get some of the best fried pickles and, uh, and then top it off with a Rifle Burger and get it trumped. And that's when we smoke the burger. It's fantastic. Now, in all seriousness, why have a bunch of waitresses running around with firearms on? What, what, what's the blowback been for that? Why do that? So uh, let me take you a little bit further back from opening my restaurant. I was raised in a Democrat home, and my mom believed in the failed policies of the Democrat Party. 
we were very limited and we were very poor because we trusted in government and we believed that the only way to be successful was through that government aid. I know what it's like to depend on government for food and housing and health care. And it's uh, a cycle of poverty that the Democrat Party keeps people stuck in. And when we moved to the western slope of Colorado to rifle, and I got my first job at the rifle McDonald's, I saw the pride and the empowerment that came with earning that paycheck. And I saw that I could do a better job taking care of myself than government ever could. So uh, through the owners of McDonald's investing in me as a young teenager with no skill set and barely any availability, I was able to develop a work ethic and job skills that propelled me into my future. I later became a restaurant owner and we just wanted to give back to our community. We wanted to serve our community with excellence. So we opened Shooter's Grill in Rifle, Colorado and we named it Shooter's as a spinoff of the only city in America named after a gun. Shortly after we opened, there was an altercation where a man was brutally beat to death outside of my restaurant and it immediately prompted the question in me, how will I defend my people? How will I protect those that are around me? And that's when I took advantage of Colorado's open carry laws. Soon after that, my waitresses began to carry. And the next thing you know, Nightline 2020 was in our restaurant and Shooter's Grill was called the safest restaurant in America. So it certainly has given us a platform for the Second Amendment, but through that, an advocacy for freedom was born. Lauren Bobert, ladies and gentlemen, go support her. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. Told you, kind of Republican matters. Stop sending weenies up there. Now, here's some bad news. Trees don't grow to the sky, as the saying goes. You see the stock market now? Like, I have money in the stock market, just like you do. I get that. I'm not telling you to pull all your money out of the stock market and bury it under your mattress in your backyard. Wait, I don't know why your mattress would be in your backyard. That doesn't matter. But you do need to diversify. You need to get a gold IRA from Gold Alliance. I, again, I'm not telling you to do anything radical. Gold Alliance has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Just go to goldalliance.com jesse. Start the process of getting a gold IRA. Just protect yourself so you are safe when that bubble pops. All right, we'll be back. Joining me now, host of the Roth Effect podcast and creator of the Future File Legacy Planning System and former investment banker, Carol Roth. Carol, why would you go into investment banking? I thought that was for a bunch of Wall Street dudes who do cocaine. <laughs> well, I mean, what's wrong with that, Jesse? Um, <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> I went uh, into investment banking out of school because I needed to pay down my student loans. And so I had to figure out what would pay me the most money. And so when I went to Wharton undergrad, there were sort of two choices. The people who like to do a deep dive into something went into consulting and the people who had ADD went into investment banking so they could work on a bunch of deals at one time. That was me. Uh, but most people don't understand what investment bankers are. In my job, I was in corporate finance. And so that means I helped companies, companies you know, like Cheesecake Factory and the largest franchisee of Papa John's Pizza, get money so that they could open up more units, employ more people, bring delicious food and products and services to people around the world and expand the economy. So while Wall Street sometimes gets a bad rap, and rightfully so sometimes, um, corporate finance was actually a really great place to start my career. Now, hold on. I know we weren't planning on going into this, but you also, I don't prepare things, Carol. Helping a franchise get money. Doesn't Papa John's just have a money printing machine? They, why do they need Carol Roth? Yeah, well, they're not the Federal Reserve, so they do not have a money printing machine. And even though they can make their own pizzas in order to expand their business, um, oftentimes when you want to open up a number of locations, let's say if you're a restaurant, you don't have enough money sitting in the bank. And so you have to go out and access that capital. And there's different types of capital. There's equity capital, uh, which means that you own part of the stock. You have some ownership in the business. Or there's debt capital, which is like a loan that you have to pay back. And um, strangely enough, in the restaurant industry, they actually don't take on a lot of debt, even though other industries do. Why? 
<laughs> well, because lots of restaurants fail. It is one of the most difficult uh, businesses to sustain. Very easy to get into, uh, very difficult to sustain. And so there aren't as many opportunities. And especially if you get big, there are opportunities for equity. So that's how it plays out in that particular industry. Lord, I'm Here, dropping uh, knowledge all over the place here, Jesse, by the way. You are. You are. Now, honestly, yes, everybody knows how smart Carol is and all that, but really it's my deep probing questions and all my journalism experience that's really, it's getting the knowledge out of you. I would like a lot of the credit here. I actually think you need all of the credit because if it were just up to me, I would be sitting home on the couch in my pajamas, but I actually put on a shirt <laughs> from you, kind of tried to do my hair, and now you're dragging the knowledge out. So pretty much like 99.9% .9 of it just goes back to you. You're right. Well, thank you for putting on a shirt for us tonight, Carol. Much appreciate that. It is a family show. Now, student loans. I, I, we haven't talked about this part in particular. I find the whole student loan college industry thing to be really, really fascinating. And please correct me, as I know you will, if I'm wrong on any of this. We have college has never been more expensive. The product corporations are getting from college, meaning the college students, has never been poorer and yet people are taking on mass amounts of debt to send their kids to school or the kids themselves are taking on the debt. Explain that to me, Carol. I have something that's never been more expensive and the product has never sucked so bad. So why is it still a thing at all? Normally that means bye-bye business. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that the silver lining of COVID that comes out of this entire mess is that people realize that this is supposed to be an investment and it is accreditation that you're actually buying and not an education. And unfortunately, since government controls the education system from the time you are a little wee toddler up until the time that you graduate from college, now that they're in the student loan business for the last decade, um, they're the ones that have really been indoctrinating people about how important it is to go to college without actually talking about things like return on investment and the fact that not all quote-unquote accreditations are equal or that you will get the same return uh, and that if you're going to go into a, some sort of a business or a vocation that's going to pay you $50,000 a year that it makes absolutely no sense to take on $200,000 a year. So finally now with COVID you're getting people going well I'm not getting the college experience what am I just getting you know a, a, a basically a certificate and the answer is yes that is all you are getting, so please evaluate that appropriately. Carol, what is the college experience? I've never understood, and now everybody knows I hold a special disdain for highly educated people who look down on idiots like me, but I've never understood this college experience thing. I was on a college campus, too. What does that mean? Just an excuse to party with hot chicks? Um, potentially it is. I was a poor college student, so my college experience was going to the Chinese food truck and getting um, rice in a container for a dollar um, every day to eat for lunch because that was all I could afford. So that was my college experience. Uh, but I think that the um, partying and mingling and going off to Daytona for spring break and those kinds of things um, are what people are looking. They're looking to grow up personally, get out of their parents' house, and I don't know, have a party for four years. I don't know what it was. It wasn't my experience, but I think that's what some people think they're paying for. Where I'm going with this is, do we need an adjustment as a society? Why do I have to take, as a dude, why do I have to take four years from 18 to 22? And why is that considered a positive experience? Why is that considered more positive than going to get my hands dirty, becoming an electrician, a plumber, doing various other things you could be doing with your life during those very important years? Why have we committed ourselves that this is some higher thing? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, potentially the people who are pushing those educations and benefiting from those educations, being in cahoots with the government, um, and that back and forth has created that narrative. But as the daughter of an electrician, I would say that we don't spend nearly enough time talking about the trades or bringing vocational studies into the school. Um, it is interesting that we're seeing a shift and it's being driven by the market. You're seeing companies like Google and Amazon starting these certification programs where they are now saying for you know a few hundred dollars and maybe up to six months of your time, you can study for a certificate. And we're gonna view that in the same way 
as we do a four-year college. And so the more companies that do that, because by the way, co companies have been really lazy too. They're, they're basically saying, we're going to take the risk and shift it onto these colleges. And if you got into that college and you do okay, we're just going to assume that you know what's going on. They figured out that that probably isn't the case anymore. So they are starting to shift to this accreditation system and certification system. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. It's going to be driven um, certainly by demand. It's going to be driven by the companies. And I think that's a really positive thing. And so education as we know it, you know, if we look 10 years in the future, I think we'll look very different. I think that's to everybody's benefit. And by the way, my favorite thing to say about schools is that Harvard is a hedge fund disguised as a university. Who's better than Carol Roth, people? Well, me, but not many other people. Carol Roth, thank you, ma'am. Always a pleasure, Jesse. All right. We're not quite done. Hang on. Well, we have a thing that's going on now in Texas. It's going on across many states in the United States of America. It's an invasion of Californians. And I understand there are some wonderful, wonderful Californians out there. I have tons of friends in California. Be careful when you're moving to another state from California that you're not bringing crappy politics with you. Other states, they get resentful of Californians because this comedian who put up this video, obviously it's hilarious and I want you to enjoy it. It's hilarious because it's really, really true. Be careful about that. It smells like freedom. Yeah, California was just getting way too strict for me. Oh, uh, excuse me, can you can you pull that up a little bit? Yeah, yeah, just like over over your nose. Howdy. Yeehaw. Hey, yeehaw. Over your nose? No, over your nose? Dude, I love the rockets. I've always been a fan of space. Where are all the homeless people? Pretty cool statue. Probably have to take it down. Don't ride horses, ride scooters. Yeehaw. Howdy, howdy. Yee yee. What's up with this weather? Feels like I'm walking through a wet blanket. There's way too many people in California, so I'm happy to be one of the millions that's moving to Texas. Go Cowboys! Emmett Smith! Woo! I love Travis Scott. Yeah, I'm more of a centrist, actually. Hey, what do you think about replacing high school football with high school yoga? Yo, how much do you think these houses cost? Like 400,000. You probably drive those prices up. Yeah, we can turn this place around. Hey, do you know how far Burning Man is from here? Yeehaw! Yeehaw! Howdy! Hey! Wiggle the walls, buddy! Excuse me? The Oregon Farmer's Market's that way. Oh, I'm not from Oregon, I'm from California. California? I thought I smelled communism. <laughs> it's true, though. And people are resentful of it. Be careful about that. If you're from California and you're fed up and you're packed up and you're moving, I get it. But I'll tell you, I grew up in Montana. Well, much of my life in Montana. A common bumper sticker, not rare, common bumper sticker you'd see up there is keep Montana beautiful, put a Californian on a bus. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. All right, see you tomorrow. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, get 10% off. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, old spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary.
Visit Safeway.com for more details. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, it's been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He had enlisted in the military after graduating high school. He left behind a pregnant fiance who gave birth to a son he would never meet. Thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps gold star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most catastrophically injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. We all know by now that atrocities were committed by Hamas on October 7th, which kicked off a vicious war as Israel defends herself from terrorists on every side. The toll on the Israeli people is staggering and massive. Hundreds of thousands of Israelis have been forced from their homes, entire communities torn apart, lives devastated by death and destruction. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, IFCJ, is right there in the middle of it every single day. They're distributing critical things like food, medicine, emergency supplies for hundreds of thousands of suffering people. The need is great, and that's why I'm here. Every donation is urgently needed to help the people of Israel. If you want to give, and you should, Go to supportifcj.org and give as generously as you can. Your gift will be matched to double the impact and help provide twice the support. Again, that's supportifcj.org. Supportifcj.org.